Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim McGuante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. And we're smack dab, well, not in the middle, but into our KSN Top 40 Countdown. If you haven't heard the previous shows, where have you been? You've missed great stuff. We are counting down the 40 most important players for the Penn State 2022 season. Once more, Dustin, I don't have in front of me the list, so we're not going to count down who we missed. Although earlier today, we took care of Keziah Izzard at number 30. Tight end Brenton Strange was number 29. Now we move to a guy at number 28. And it's offensive guard Landon Tangwall. He's 6'6", 326. Dustin, very seldom do you get a lot of value placed on a guard, especially one who hasn't, he's not a returning starter, a returning captain, or anything like that. With that said, I kind of sense that 28 may be too low for him. It might end up being that way. And again, I mean, there, there's still a position battle ahead. And I think it's going to behoove everyone on the Penn State coaching staff uh, to, to sink or swim with this guy. And I think you're going to swim. You know, I think one thing from a general offensive line standpoint is that I think the temperament and the mindset has to be different and it has to be better. And I think Landon Tangwall has the right temperament, the right confidence, the right mindset uh, to bring a little bit more of an edge at the guard spot. And I think you can say the same thing about Juice Scruggs. He was, I feel like, Penn State's most aggressive offensive lineman last year. Somebody who's going to want to maul his way downfield in, in the run game. I think Landon Tangwall's got a little bit of that. And then let's say it's Hunter Norzad at the other guard spot. I feel like he's got that edge about him too. And now maybe you've got something. So I think, you know, oftentimes the difference between, you know, bad and mediocre, between mediocre and average, average and good, the whole way through can be just the collective communication, confidence, and and intangible stuff. And I like what Landon Tangwall brings to the table. Um, I feel like with that length and with that size, uh, I never really looked at him coming out of high school as a lockdown, left tackle, play it in the league type guy. I think at this level, he's capable of playing tackle. And at some point in the future, maybe that ends up happening again. But uh, as of now, guard looks like to be to be an open spot. I would say I would pencil him in as the as the favorite to win one of those guard jobs. Um, and now, I mean, for the first, how many guys has Penn State brought along on the offensive line that you are thoroughly, legitimately excited about what they bring to the table? And I think that's something that Landon Tengwall does for the fans. Not that the coaching staff really is concerned about what the fans are thinking or feeling about that. But, you know, with the way that the offensive line has been perceived, I think a little jolt of enthusiasm, a little jolt of excitement for everybody is a good thing. And that's what Landon Tengwall brings. I think he's a really good player. 
got got his feet wet and held his own at tackle last year. Transitioned and practiced at guard leading up to the bowl game, and now has had a whole off season to really focus on that and, and prepare himself for that. I think he's going to be a good player who obviously is only going to get better. And Dustin, last season when he got his toe in the water playing left tackle, I know I thought, okay, come the bowl game with Rashid Walker out, here we're going to see Landon Tengwall as, as the next left tackle. And when it was announced Fashanu was going to be the starting left tackle, what I was really pleased about it was I thought Tengwall could be a good left tackle for the coaching staff to say, hey, we got another guy who we think would be better placed there. I get the sense that Tengwall is going from what would have been a good tackle to a really good guard. I think that's a, a fair assessment of the situation. And I think some of his strengths as a player coming out of high school was that his body was tailor-made to play you know, a number of positions, but it was ready last year. He, he, uh, he, he was big into weightlifting and technique stuff. You know, he was polished and strong, and he carries 326 like it's 280. So, And I do feel like, especially right now, um, Landon Tangwall is going to fare better anchoring and going one-on-one, especially in pass protection, with a bigger, stronger guy than he is a six foot three, 250-pound edge rusher who can come screaming off the edge. I just don't see a lot of lateral quickness and really light, nimble feet. And it's not a knock on him. I think it's just part of the package deal where he's a, he was a high-floor player where I don't know if his ceiling was quite you know, left tackle territory. If you need him to play that spot, he will. But I think for the future, he might be better served being a guard slash right tackle. Um, Once he gets really acclimated to playing this position and getting used to, you know, the close proximity uh, when he does it, I think he's going to be a really good guard. I Again, I do feel like that's going to happen pretty early in the 2022 season. Like, I don't, I don't think the moment's too big for him. And that's where I think the temperament and the mindset thing comes in. Like, I think he's got the mindset, he's got the mental game of a winner. And I think, I think you know, I think they needed that. I get that feeling, that good feeling of you've got two young guys kind of coming up together in Fashanu and Tengwall to anchor that left side for a couple seasons together. And I'm, I'm excited about those two playing together, Dusty. And you can see that for the next two to three years. And I think along those lines, it's a good point, is that Landon Tangwall having tackle experience, you know, being the bridge of communication between Juice Scruggs, making the communication and, and the calls to left tackle, he's going to be able to relate to what Olu Fushanu is seeing and what he's doing. And I think it just gives them just a little bit better chance of working together and, and being a unit being a team on that left side of the line. Uh, because, again, that's an important thing, too, is making sure that he is on the same page with both his center and left tackle. I think the fact that he's played multiple positions helps with that. All right, Dusty, let's get to number 27 on our list, which is defensive end Nick Tarburton. List that 6'3", 255. He's battled injuries, you know, through his first couple years at Penn State. Uh, had pretty much the starting position last year at defensive end and this is probably going to be damning him with faint praise but he seems that high floor low ceiling kind of guy as far as a defensive end 
I think that's fair. And, and how far we've come over the course of about a year or so, where now, I mean, you can definitely make the case that Nick Tarburton is the most known commodity that they've got at defensive end. Obviously, we've heard about Adisa Isaac, and we've heard everybody talk about him. We just haven't seen that a ton in games, and he missed all of last season, so there are questions about that. Obviously, there's still questions about Nick Tarburton long-term health-wise. He hadn't been able to stay on the field much prior to last season. Was that last season, was he turning a corner where now we can just kind of take for granted that he's going to stay healthy or not? Um, and then obviously, you know, Smith Vilbert behind him, Amin Vanover behind him. You've got a true freshman and Dennis Sutton. You've got a kid coming over and Chop Robinson uh, from Maryland who's going to be making a transition from, you know, a hybrid role to more of a defensive end. You know, Nick Tarburton is, is the steady hand in all of this. And I think, you know, there's value in that this year. Uh, you're not really going to ask him to come screaming off the edge. You're not going to you're not going to expect him, you know, to go one on one and beat an elite offensive tackle in, in the passing game. But he's going to make the right play. He's going to make the right read. He's going to take pride in defending the run. He's going to take pride in setting the edge and all all the dirty work that you can sort of forget about at defensive end. He's going to be good in all those roles. And I think when an opportunity comes to make a play, he's going to make it. You know, you look at what he did last year. Not terribly productive, but four and a half tackles for loss, two pass breakups. You forced a fumble. I mean, it was good enough. I think... His role's got to grow a little bit. Uh, I think he's got to be more productive. Uh, Obviously, being on the field for one full spring, all of training camp last year, all of last season, and then all through this this offseason, it all helps with the continuity of his game and being able to build on what he did last year. I think they're really going to need it. And then if some of these other things don't work out, then they're really, really going to need it. So if Nick Nick Tarburton's health is an important thing here, he's a guy like, you know, you're not going to look for 10 sacks from him. You know, if he if he gets four sacks, I think that's probably a pretty nice year for him. But he's going to do a lot of things to help steady the ship when there are, frankly, a lot of moving parts around him. A couple thoughts on this, Dusty. The defensive end position, we're talking about a rotation of four or five guys. Just like you talked about with the tackle position, is this the case where you're going to mix and match? But let's also remember that Manny Diaz, when asked about his pass coverage, said the best pass coverage was pressure on the quarterback. It sounds like he expects his defensive ends to get to the quarterback, and I'm not sure when I say Nick Tarburton, I think there's a guy, there's an edge rusher who's going to put some heat on the quarterback. Which is funny for a guy who was initially a linebacker, right? So the guy making the transition from linebacker to defensive end, you're just not sure if he if he's quick enough to make an impact in that regard. So it could go one of two ways. I mean, if, if Manny Diaz recognizes something that he didn't really display last season and he's asked to do more of that, okay. Or probably more likely is you're going to see Nick Tarburton more on running downs and you're going to see some of these other guys on on passing downs. And then you've also got uh, some versatile type interior guys too where maybe you can kind of mix and match and, and uh, get Hakeem Beeman uh, out, out wide on a three-man front. Like you've got some options there. I feel like Nick Tarburton is going to be more of your run game specialist and you're going to unleash some of these more uh, uh, el- more elite 
physical tools from some of these other guys in obvious passing situations. That seems like the play. Um, unless Nick Tarburton has done more work in the weight room, has gotten quicker, maybe he's going to be asked to do that. But I feel like you're looking at maybe more like a two-down defensive end here. What you're getting is solid and steady. And with the other guys, you have the potential for the big play that you're just not sure you're going to get from Nick Tarburton. And and there are good things and there are bad things that come with that. And maybe we're underestimating how Nick Tarburton can develop. I think you just kind of can't, with a lot of these guys, you can't just assume what you saw last year is what's going to show up again. Maybe he gets a little bit better and that's enough to uh, to, to make more plays in the passing game. Um, I'll be I'll be suspicious of that until I see it, though. But you also think this isn't a guy who's going to make that mistake that's going to hurt you. So with all the experience he has and the lack of experience any other defensive ends have, he I suspect he will get the first shot at it. Dustin, that's it for quarter number three. Stick around. We've got an interesting duo of players for quarter number four. Stay tuned for that. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lion's soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 